Hey there, I'm Dr. Jerry Crete, and welcome to Be With The Word. I'm really excited to be with you today. This is the second Sunday of Easter. Um, I'm going to apologize. I didn't get an episode out last week um, for the actual first Sunday of Easter, the resurrection of our Lord. Um, it turned out I was very sick and then my wife got very sick. So unfortunately, the little energy I had left, I had to dedicate to Holy Week and um, Easter itself. Uh, but I'm back. And also, I'm going to be integrating Be With The Word and Hear The Word. So I'm going to focus on doing just the one podcast each week, Be With The Word. I'm going to try to bring with it the uh, meditation component from Hear The Word. I'm going to bring that more into Be With The Word while I also reflect on the scriptures and provide a little psychological insight. So today, I'm so excited. This is a great reading from the first uh, letter of John, as well as the Gospel of John. So I love the Gospel. I love John, St. John, and uh, what he has to share is so unique and beautiful about our Lord. Uh, today's topic is going to be that Jesus' body keeps the score. <laughs> and so I'm stealing a little bit from a, a really great book uh, on trauma called um, The Body Keeps the Score by Bessel van der Kamp. And uh, that's a really great uh, book about trauma. Uh, Bessel van der Kamp uh, was, was really among the first uh, mental health professionals who really brought in this idea of the body as being an important component to treatment uh, of, of psychological or emotional or sexual or whatnot types of trauma. Really, this was in the 90s that the, even the idea of trauma was being explored almost for the first time. We're working with people with traumatic memories and we're actually uh, making some advances in neuroscience at the same time. And it really revolutionized the treatment of trauma and I'm indebted to uh, Bessel, Bessel van der Kamp and other, other greats from that time, like Janina Fisher and, and many others who did such great work in the field of trauma. I'm going to bring up right now, I, I think what's really important in this reading, I'm going to read little bits. I'm not going to read the whole thing, but I'm going to read little bits. Um, and that's from uh, St. John's first letter in chapter 5. And he says this, um, uh, you know, everyone who believes that Jesus is the Christ is begotten by God. And everyone who loves the Father loves also the one begotten by him. I think this is really interesting that he uses the word begotten. In this way, we know that we love the children of God when we love God and obey his commandments. All right. He goes on to say that uh, his commandments are not burdensome. For whoever is begotten by God conquers the world. And the victory that conquers the world is our faith. Who indeed is the victor over the world, but the one who believes that Jesus is the Son of God. Then he says, this is the one who came through water and blood, Jesus Christ, not by water alone, but by water and blood. Wow. I think this is fascinating, and I think it's fascinating for many, many reasons I could spend the day explaining. I'm going to touch on them pretty quickly here. One is that um, the idea of water and blood may um, hearken to um, literally Jesus's piercing on the cross. 
that he had the spear pierce his side and water and blood got gushed out. It may also hearken to Genesis and Adam and Eve where Eve is taken out of the side of Adam that she's literally, um, she almost has like a birth. She's begotten kind of in that, in that moment. And then here we find that Jesus on the cross, I would say in some sense, he gives birth to the church. He gives birth to us as children of God in that great moment. And that on the cross itself, that Jesus himself displays God's great love for us, right? It is the act of love, most visible, um, that God is there. And I think that is fascinating because, for example, in the early church, you would have people who were Gnostics, and many of them exist today, who focus on just the spirit. The spirit is good and the body is bad. And there are psychologists in the past, less so now, but there are psychologists in the past who focused, who focused on just the mind, right? Just maybe even the left center side of the mind possibly, but focus on the, the mind to the exclusion of the body. And here we see that we have both um, water and blood. And I would argue that that refers on some level to baptism and the cross, but that refers also to the spirit and the body. In other words, our spirits are reborn in baptism. Our bodies are often even persecuted in life. We experience suffering, we experience trauma, but that's actually important that it's our body as well because our body is affected. Even emotional abuse, even psychological abuse can cause effects in the body, right? Tension in our physical bodies. Uh, I experience it sometimes in my shoulders or experience tension in my hands or or maybe even your jaw like some people experience like their jaws clenched or at night they're they're grinding their teeth our bodies are affected and what do we find in this amazing gospel story of uh thomas right this is the this is um the reading from the gospel from uh chapter 20 from from uh, saint john's gospel and we see that Thomas, in this very familiar story for most of us, Thomas is doubting, of course, that Jesus has been raised from the dead. And then Jesus comes and meets Thomas and he says, put, he says to Thomas, put your finger here and see my hands and bring your hand and put it into my side and do not be unbelieving, but believe. Well, it's fascinating to me that Thomas's faith, not just a question of touching the wound, he had enters into the wound of Christ. On some level, that says to me, we have to enter into suffering in order, in the physical suffering, in order to have a greater level of new insight and new thought and new pathways. And so you see, Thomas touches. He doesn't exactly probe, like you don't see him like putting, probing his hands in there, but he touches the wound, right? And he does believe, and it is in part because he has touched the physical, but something else happens here. He's, Jesus says, have you come to believe uh, because you have seen me, right? But what does Thomas say? 
He says, my Lord and my God. A couple of powerful things there. All right. He says, my Lord and my God. All of a sudden, he not only believes that it is Jesus, the, the Jesus that he knew, but that Jesus is one with the Father. So a spiritual revelation comes about, not just a physical one. Jesus is not just a resuscitated corpse. And Thomas just goes, wow, it's you. You're back. No, Jesus is God. And that's what Thomas wakes up to. And in all of this, as we ourselves are following along, our faith in Christ, our belief in Christ is the power that helps us to overcome all of our obstacles. And so let's kind of like, I'm going to go back to the gospel, um, not the gospel, the letter of St. John, the first letter. And he says, um, everyone who believes that Jesus is begotten by God, right? But then he said, he goes on later to says, to say, for the love of God is this, that we keep his commandments and his commandments are not burdensome. For whoever is begotten by God conquers the world. I wanna touch base with that in light of what we just read. It's so important and it's important to me personally. I can get caught up and bogged down with all the tasks in this world. There are so many tasks there's so many things I'm supposed to do. I have to get through this and get through that. And my gosh, there's tax season. And then there's um, household chores. And then there's my kids. And then there's uh, my job. And then there's, and it goes on and on, let alone if an actual hardship happens, a loss, a grief, a loss of job, a loss of um, life, a loss of friends, a lot, any kind of negative thing that happens in life as well. I can get overwhelmed and in a sense be conquered by the world. And, and I can get, even if I'm doing good things, even if I'm working at my church or doing volunteer work, I can start to feel pressure and get overwhelmed. And then like, like Bessel van der Kolb says, that the body keeps the score, the body starts to feel stress and starts to feel anxiety. Okay. Well, what do we learn from this passage to help us, right? Because he says his commandments aren't burdensome, especially if someone's struggling with an addiction, someone struggling with um, depression can certainly feel like there are burdens and that you can't shake them. Well, what does it mean to not be burdened? It means a couple of things. I would say that God supports us. He doesn't give us something that he won't help us through, even if it feels overwhelming. And that in itself can give us some confidence to know, yes, I can do this. Another is our response has to be one of love. Right, how do we get there? We can turn things around in our own mind, right? This could be, in some ways, it could be a question of cognitive behavior approach where we look at the positive, but I think it goes deeper than that. All right. Sometimes a sacrifice can feel impossible, but what happens when it becomes a willing gift? 
when we offer whatever the task is, whatever the obedience is, whatever the surrendering is, when we offer, when we let go, right, and we surrender our attachments, and we give and we, we obey or we offer or we give whatever it is as a gift, something changes even if it's our suffering. I know that for me as a counselor, I can treat my job and my work sometimes like, oh, I have to go see all these people and get through the day. But I know that when I do that, it starts to feel like an impossible sacrifice and a burden. And when something changes, inside me, which I, I think I try to do every single day, sometimes multiple times, is I, I say to myself, no, how is this? Even if this is hard, even if this is challenging, even if it's a, a good, sometimes I don't feel it, but if I can take that and say, how is this an opportunity of grace? How is my suffering an opportunity and a privilege to give? how is God calling me to sacrifice today? Then all of a sudden, whatever the task is, whatever the obedience is, it becomes something I want to do. It becomes my glory. And it's not burdensome because I take a deep breath and say, I'm going to just be in this moment. I'm going to give of myself in this moment. I'm going to trust God and I'm going to be and somehow the whole experience is different. I'm busy, right? I can get busy with my own agenda. When I let go of it and I'm just be me and allow God to work through me, all of a sudden what I'm doing has enormous meaning. And it's our faith then that conquers. And we recognize it's through faith in Christ who is incarnated, who came into the world, who is now still with us, that he cares for us, that he loves us, that his presence is continual, that we have a victory. All right, I am going to wrap things up. I promise to keep the show a little shorter, but I'm, I think I packed it up with a bunch of things, I hope. We can talk some more about this whole idea of the body keeping the score and how also how we can be transformed and are of an inner transformation when we allow our sufferings and our wounds like Christ's to be transfigured, to be transformed, to become a glory instead of a weight. All right, I pray that you have a blessed Easter season. I look forward to connecting all with, all, with you, um, hopefully on soulsandhearts.com. And I hope that you'll be joining us for our communities. I'm getting ready to launch a new community in June called Catholic Journeymen, with a focus on um, helping men grow in their faith and also work through any um, of life struggles and do it together in a, in a spirit of brotherhood. Uh, if you're interested uh, in getting on the waiting list or if you know someone that might want to be on the waiting list for that community, uh, feel free to reach out to us at soulsandhearts.com. Um, you can uh, go to the website and you can get our weekly um, update newsletter. 
um, you can also leave a message through the contact um, section. All right, uh, take good care. We'll see you soon uh, next week. Until then, be still, believe, and be loved. Bye-bye.